This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is Betting Weekly Extra Time Europa League and Europa Conference League edition. Uh, we've got the second leg of the playoffs coming up in both competitions. You're with Dan Roebuck and returning are Jay, Steve Wiss and Will White. The show this year is running just shy of 5% return on investment. Uh, the boys are confident of pushing that figure a little higher come the end of the week. Just to recap what happened in both competitions last week from a betting standpoint, we had four of eight winning favourites in both. Carabag, biggest price winner, plus 470 at Braga. In Europa League, we had six out of eight overs and six out of eight BTTS. Yes, it was four out of eight for both those markets for the Conference League. We saw uh, Zagreb's win at Betis, the biggest price win uh, on the card. It did feel, Steve, it was a bit wilder on Thursday, opposed to what we saw on the Tuesday and Wednesday. Maybe that's just because there's there's more games, but certainly there were more goals when it came to the Europa League. How did you sit? Yeah, absolutely. And I prefer it that way, Dan. I much prefer the Conference League and the Europa League it fits more, much more into my wheelhouse. The teams are usually more offensive-minded. There's a little bit less pressure, certainly at this stage. And, um, yeah, you know, I was pleased to hit my clean sweep, which was never in doubt, was it? Um, well, <laughs> I was I fully losing two picks heading into injury time and ended up with uh, a clean sweep. So it just shows you, you've got to play till the final whistle. But there was a lot of wild stuff going on, even in the matches we didn't have picks in. Um, but I, I quite like the, the gist of that, really. Uh, just the three away wins over the course of uh, the games. Uh, Will, there were plenty of goals as I've just rattled through, certainly the Europa League. I mean, any any trends that caught your eyes? Is it just the nature of the Europa League and the Conference League? Do we get these type of games where it's a bit more end-to-end, a bit more teams throwing caution to the wind? Harder for betters in some way, but you always feel, as Steve has just said, even at, when the 90 goes up and the board goes up for six or seven minutes of added on time, you might be able to get something from a bet that's losing into added on time. Yeah, certainly the games are certainly the games can get a bit wild, and um, I think Steve makes the right point there. The pressures kind of teams feel a bit less pressure in this in these competitions than they do the Champions League. So I don't think you can apply the same kind of logic around game state. Um, home field advantage in European competition is generally a bit bigger than in domestic leagues. I normally give between 0.35 and 0.5 of a goal. So actually, if you think about average odds of between plus 300 and plus 400 on the on the away teams, three wins from eighteen games from sixteen games. Sorry, is not is not actually that surprising. So, one trend, other trend I did notice is that I continue to pick the wrong standout model value players. A pick of mine on this show. I went with Savet, big model value. They absolutely bossed the game. Don't know how they didn't get the win. And the two that I passed up on were both Boda Glimpse on the handicap and the other Norwegian team Mulder. Both mm. massive uh, model value for me. But the winter break put me off, and so I avoided both those. And uh, hopefully, we can write that this week. That miss from Savet was. I was about to say, did like, you see the Savet miss? Hell, that is that was outrageous. <laughs> that I miss mean, was yeah, 
Yeah, did we all see? Did we all see? Oh that? yeah. Well, sorry after the after the fact. Well, I was watching it live, and I was like, "What?" Because they would have won the game. I think it was about eight minutes to go. Yeah. And oh, I can't. That was just such a bad beat for Will. I missed it, but it sounds like it was terrible. Yeah, oh, the guy had a, he had an open goal from five six yards out, and he had one of his own players in front of him somehow that was trying to jump out of the way, but somehow he hit it straight into him, and uh, yeah, oh, one of the most outrageous misses I've ever seen. Yeah. Bad yeah. beat for not for top Seville, ten. No, <laughs> um, Ajax and uh, Betty's two teams towards the top of the betting in the conference market. RJ, they could easily go out yeah. of the competition after poor results at home last week. I mean, we're going to talk about Ajax extensively in a minute, but I mean, it's interesting, mm. isn't it? I mean, I hate to 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 trot out the you know how seriously a certain team's taking it, but Betty's, you thought you know good home record should be able to beat Zagreb. We we put them up, Rory put them up, throwing Rory under the bus again here after the second show running, um, put them up at the weekend as well. It's just one of those things that, on reflection, they were both around about fifth, sixth favourites in the market, but they could easily go out of the competition. Yeah, I mean, but both these sides dropped from the Europa League right to the Conference yeah. League and became you know favourites just by nature of, of, I think, historical performances. But I think, and, and I've I've kind of dogged, uh, you know, to be fair, the Conference League a little bit. But the revenue generated between the Conference League and the Europa League is like somewhere around 500 euros, 500 million euros. There's a ton of money here. And both these teams, I don't think they, it's not that I don't think they take the, the, the matches seriously, but it's just a reflection of the form. Right. I think it's just a sheer reflection of the form, whether it's Conference League, Europa League, domestically, both these sides are just mediocre right now, to be fair. And and I think this is why um, I wouldn't be too surprised to see both these teams exit at some point. It's a really good point because both have struggled domestically. Ajax, we know, have struggled pretty much all season long and they've both dropped out of better competitions. And maybe that's something uh, we should have taken a, a closer look at uh, last week. We are going to take a closer look at Ajax's game. Uh, because they are away at Birdie Glimp. This is our first preview, and all of our handicappers have got selections in it. 12.45 Eastern on Thursday. Birdie Glimps are plus 145. Ajax plus 160. Draw plus 290. Um, I'm on commentary for this one as well, so we've all got vested interests here. Steve, you went over three and a quarter last week for total goals, which did cash, but only just. Yeah, and do you know what? I've, uh, what a game. I mean, there's a lot of interest, isn't it, in, in this tie? It feels like, you know, obviously Ajax are a big name. Glimps are always a sort of a success story in Europe that everyone wants to get behind. I think we're just saying off air, you know, in the summer, there's a, there's a lot of interest in the Norwegian leagues now for various different reasons, whether it be betting or fantasy or whatever. So, it, I mean, it was a great watch. It was a fascinating watch. I, I thought Buda Glimp outplayed Ajax for... 85 minutes of that game. I mean, I, they, they might look back on it and think, how on earth did we not win that three or four nil, really? Um, Ajax were awful. I thought it was, they were dire. They, I don't know how they managed to get back in it. Uh, the penalty and then, you know, a goal near enough with the last kick of the game. So it was not a very deserved draw for Ajax. Um, I, I absolutely love the two picks that these gentlemen have got after me on the, on the game. I really love those. And, um, I, I've, I thought, how can I get even more value out of this game? So the pick that I'm going with is I wouldn't normally touch the first half market that often, but I really like Buda Glimp minus 0.25 on the Asian handicap for the first half, plus 138 with Bet Rivers. Now, this is a 
this is a tough place to go. And you can give me as many cards as you want for that. This is inside the Arctic Circle. There's only Tromso that is a more northerly professional soccer club in the world. Lots of teams have come here and struggled, and they've got a brilliant record, Asmira Stadion, since they've, they've qualified for these European events. And um, Glimt are known for coming out of the traps quickly, both domestically and in Europe. Um, 15-3-3 half-time record at home since they've um, gone into the European competitions. Only three sides have been beating them at the interval at the stadium. Uh, Roma under Jose Mourinho, Club Bruges, and for some reason, Bel uh, Norwegian teams have problems with Belgian teams. So <laughs> it's a weird one. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. And then Lecce Warsaw, that was two or three years ago now, though, in the middle of summer. Now, we're not in the middle of summer now. It's going to be below freezing up there on Thursday night. Ajax look worse than them at home anyway. I think they're going to really struggle on this. There'll be excuses going around about the artificial surface and everything. I think Glimt will come out really hard at them. And I definitely see them leading at half-time. So, uh, you know, I think Jens Petter Hager looked like he was ripping through knife through butter on the left-hand side. I think he is a great bet to score any time here. I think he wants to score. The only issue is probably the striker replacement. That might take a bit of time for them to settle in. But um, one thing I noticed about the Norwegian teams on the, in the first leg, they did struggle in the second half. Both of them lost the second half. Maybe that's to do with a bit of rust on the winter break. But I certainly think they come out of the traps very quickly here. I think they'll win the game overall anyway. But I'm very confident they were at half-time will be ahead. And, and even if it's a draw, only losing half with this handicap. Well, you mentioned that you were going to put up Buda. It was on your shortlist last week. This week, you are putting them up. Not over the 45, over the 90, though. You think that uh, Buda could be some value on the uh, on the Asian line? Yeah, I do. Uh, first of all, I want to say, actually, I just want to point out that Steve's pick, the price on that, plus 138. So so he really is squeezing, squeezing a bit more value out of this pick. I've kind of gone a bit safer on the full game main Asian line. Uh, Boda plus 0.00, which is draw no bet at minus 103. I mean, a lot of the reasons that I have noted down have been very well explained by Steve, and I'm not going to try and um, out-knowledge him on Norwegian football, that's for sure. They were incredibly lucky, unlucky, sorry, to to lose the first leg. That 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 penalty, so they were 2-0 up until the 91st minute when they conceded a penalty and had a man sent off after a VAR review. It was... I thought it was a very, very harsh penalty myself. Um, and so they quite easily could be coming away with a with a 2-0 victory into this second leg. And in fact, if they had come away with a 2-0 victory, I probably wouldn't be backing them on the plus zero Asian line here because they could afford to, to lose this second leg by one goal or, or draw it. So, you know, all is on the line here for this, uh, this second leg. And as Steve mentioned, Boda have a very, very high home field advantage, probably one of the highest in European football. They play on an artificial surface. They're inside of the, uh, the Arctic Circle. Tough conditions. And there will be lots of excuses going around the Ajax dressing room if they somehow manage to go out here. And I think they will probably go out here. If you look at the, some of the scalps that uh, Boda have taken at the Asmir... As Mira Stadion over the past few seasons, Roma twice at home, including a 6-1 drubbing a few seasons ago. They've also beaten Celtic, AZ Alkmaar and Besiktas, Besiktas this season. You know, those are some pretty big European names. 
And I'd argue that those clubs, uh, uh, the times they were beaten by Bodo, were in better form than Ajax are this season. Um, last week's away fixture was Bodo's first competitive fixture after the winter break this season. So you'd like to think their fitness and general sharpness is likely to improve here. Um, Ajax, on the other hand, their form continues to be extremely poor. They were held to a two-all draw at home to NEC last weekend. They currently sit fifth in the Eredivisie. Their, their defence is particularly um, particularly porous and a concern for them. They're conceding an average of two goals a game over the last eight games. And I can see Boda really troubling them with the likes of Hauger, as Steve mentions. I can see Boda scoring two or three times here. And uh, it's hard to kind of overcome a drawn a bet line if, if you're conceding that many goals. So it's hard to back against goals here. It could turn into a shootout. But I think in the balance of probability... Boda have a have a much higher chance of winning the game than than Ajax do. So very happy to back them on, on the draw on a bet line. Uh yeah, Jens Pellegrini certainly plus 800 to get the first goal. Bet Rivers traders um still not aware that Pellegrino has left the club. They've got him in his favorite at plus 460. So Bet mm. Rivers if you're listening you can take him out. He's currently suiting up for the Quakes as we mentioned uh last week. Um the boys, RJ, have talked about goals Will did anyway and the fact that Ajax aren't great defensively and that um, will bode well uh, for your particular play here because um, you're not necessarily signing with Burley Glimpse, but you'd like them to score some goals. You've gone for the overs here. Yeah, as you said, I think it bode well for Bodo uh, for the goals here. I think uh, over 3.25 at minus... 121 was a standout play for me, right? The the, the first leg was a, was a 2-2 draw. Uh so it leaves all to play for here in the uh in the Arctic Circle or near the Arctic Circle like Steve said. Um Ajax have been just a mixed bag in in terms of results. Um they've scored 14 goals I think in their last around 5 matches. Uh Chuba Akpom has been a key player for Ajax this season. They did rest him over the weekend against NEC. He didn't play. Uh, he scored nine goals in the area division and Europa League. So um, despite only starting four times, um, they obviously out Steve Bergwin uh, due to injuries, which, you know, has been limiting their options over the last few matches. And, you know, Bodo, uh, you know, they've shown good form uh, in, in recent friendlies. And and I think, you know, in this in this last match, but we, we talked about that right last time where some of these uh European leagues, like the summer leagues, like Sweden, uh, Norway, where these teams haven't really played a competitive match in, in a few months, how they would, uh, how they would fare. And I think we, um, we, you know, we all, especially myself kind of factored that in from a heavy, heavy weight perspective. Well, if they haven't played a competitive match in a few months and then they're facing some strong powerhouse European teams and they'll probably, uh, look pretty poor though. They might have some rust, but you know, they, they, they made it out with a draw in the first leg, which was very surprising in, in my opinion, but they're back home, a strong place for them. Uh, they have a bunch of key players. Both sides have key players due to injuries, but honestly, I think based on the first leg and what, what to expect here, this just looks like a high flying match. Hopefully Bodo comes out on top and we see over four, we'll see four plus goals to, uh, to cash all these bets here. So yeah, over 3.25 at minus 121 is my play. So three picks from the boys here, just to, to recap, Steve's gone for a bit of glimpse. 
Uh, minus a quarter ball, first half Asian handicap at plus 138. Will's gone for Burden Glip to effectively on the draw no bet, plus nought at minus 103. And RJ over three and a quarter goals on the Asian line at minus 121. Can I just Palouse, say, Dan, before, before we move on, I thought you called the game very well from a commentary. Well, the commentators don't get enough praise sometimes, but there's some tough names on, on there. You did very well, some mate. Very tough names. Don't Loved worry it. about that. Yeah. Looking thank forward you. to it again, second leg. Yeah, no, exactly. Tune in worldwide, everybody. Make sure you can, um, you know, double the audience. If you've got Steve, there's one. My mom, there's, my mom, there's two. <laughs> and we've got Will and RJ, there's four. Excellent. Lovely. <laughs> And my friends at the Nordic Pod as well. Uh, Toulouse against Benfica uh, next. We can take a look back, a look at this is uh, in the Europa League. All the next picks, all in the Europa League. We've done our conference corner stint. Uh, this is Thursday, twelve forty-five. Uh, Toulouse plus three thirty-five. Benfica who lead from the first leg two-one minus one twenty-seven. The draw plus two eighty here. There was a few naysayers during the game suggesting that uh, Steve's bet was not going to cut, but. It did um, as Benfica left it fairly late to lose, though. Did you know favours at the weekend, uh, Steve? They're inching towards the Real Sociedad, Cagliari, Darmstadt, and whichever other teams we've got in the north corner at the moment. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I always did love Angel Di Maria, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> he did me a big favour last week by scoring two. I would have been disappointed if I'd not cashed the over here last week on this game because there was a lot of it was an end-to-end game. I thought I called it well. And, um, you know, there was a lot of shots. Expected goals was really high for Benfica especially. But to be honest with you, I've got to give to lose a bit of credit this week. They've played a lot better, a lot better than I thought they, they would do. Um, in fact, I was actually getting a tweet ready for Thursday night if the match had ended one all, And I was going to say fair play. Because it, I think the last two games of Toulouse, you've got to watch them to actually realise how well they've played because the expected goals metrics and all the stats and stuff would suggest that Benfica and Monaco should have easily beaten them. I didn't think that was the case. I thought they prepared two, prepared two really good counter-attacking game plans. They've looked a threat. They've not just sat back and they've had a good go. And for, for some reason, Toulouse have got a lot of energy about them. I couldn't believe how they were like buzzing like bees on Sunday. I mean, my, and part of that reason is because Monaco are just absolutely lazy idiots. Um, half the time, you know, swanning it around on the south coast of France, there they do my head in. But that's for another day. But to lose, I don't really get where where they're getting all their energy from. You know, um, I think they're bang up for it. They're maybe enjoying being involved in Europe. So it's the same bet for me again as last week over two point seven five goals, half cash last week. I'd take the same again. But fundamentally, if Benfica score a goal here, which I think they, they will. Toulouse have got to go for it, haven't they? And they've got to open up. Um, you know, the dynamics do change if Toulouse scored the first goal, then it maybe does get interesting. But Benfica are by far the better side, let's be honest, on paper. I think they'll get through. Uh, but maybe not without a fight from Toulouse. They, um, Like I say, I, I've been surprised their standard of their performance the last couple of games. I don't know where they've got it from. It doesn't make logical sense. I mean, they're just... They shouldn't be playing as well as they have been, but uh, this is going to be a very similar type of the first leg, in my opinion. Quite open, goals at both ends. And I think I, something like a 2 all draw, Benfica maybe 2-1, 3-2 win is, is on the cards. I like the over again. Stick with, uh, with what uh, won for me last week. Uh, also Thursday, 12.45, Karabag against Braga. We mentioned that Karabag was the biggest prize across all three European competitions uh, last week. They were plus 215. 
to go in again. They beat Braga 4-2 in Portugal, plus 123 for a Portuguese success, plus 250 uh, for the draw. I mean, RJ, for me, and this is obviously recency bias and looking at it very sim- simply, simplistically, I mean, is plus, plus 215 tempting again on the money line for another win here for, for Carabag, do you think, RJ? I, I believe it is, Dan. It's, I know it's uh, not your pick, temp- but I just thought I'd throw that one at you anyway. Well, I like I like curveballs. So, yeah, the <clears throat> Dan, simply, I think it's tempting because one reason mainly uh, Carabag had rest this weekend, right? They did not play domestically. They had some uh, time to rest, recover, whereas Braga did, did end up playing yesterday. At home against Ferenc in the in the Portuguese league, they won two one. Uh, Bailey snuck that one out, and um, two factors, right? I'm, I'm not. I didn't look up the distance of travel here, uh, but Braga has to travel to Carabao. A long way, a long, long way, way, right? I figure it's, it's two deep and a thousand kilometers. I think something like that. It's it's, it's outrageous. That from where? So, I think great help there, gents, with the distance there. So so yeah so. It's like a local dog in the States, isn't it? That two and a half thousand kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> drive, they'll drive it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Night out, two and a half thousand. Yeah, let's get in the car and do it. Sorry, quick, go on, RJ. No, it's a quick... Yeah, no. I'm in, first off, I'm in Rhode Island. The state is like 35 miles wide. If we have to drive 45 minutes, we're like, oh, we got to go all that way? Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of spoiled here. Um, but yeah, no. So Braga has to travel... Quite a quite a distance um, to 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 Azerbaijan. I know they're not playing at their home stadium, but they're playing at um, Tofig Baharam Stadium. So it's still in their representative country. And and as I said, Braga had uh, an, an extra match thrown in their schedule, or just a just a domestic match. So uh, Karabag's much more rested. They're they're. You know, sitting on the four-two win, which was a shock last week. I don't, I don't think they're just going to sit back on their heels, though, because, uh, like Steve talked about in the previous match he just covered, if 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 Braga gets on the board early here, it's it's full go, right? They're not just going to just you know rest on that two-goal two-goal lead that they have. And you look at the XG from the first match; I think it was two point four plus XG for both these sides in the first leg. Um, I'm not an XG guy whatsoever, so take it what you will. But uh, metrics metrics driven, there was a lot of quality chances for both these sides, and I expect that to continue. Uh, Karabag were led by Abdella Zubair, formerly of Len uh, or Lens many moons ago. Uh, Steve, you may know about that gentleman there, but uh, <laughs> it's he, many he, moons uh, ago, I'm not actually sure. Well, I don't mean eight. Eight years, nine years ago, but uh, not, not trying to call you. I just didn't know if you knew him uh, from his time in Ligon, but um, he led the way. Two goals for this side. I think this, you look at this Carbog team, there's just a slew of players from Brazil, um, all over Europe, all over South America. They have a pretty impressive squad and um, high flying match, I think, again. I expect goals to fly, and to be fair, this might be one of those matches I consider laddering, right? Over 2.75, maybe over 3, over 3.5, just to push the lock. And I don't like doing that. I'm, I'm a straight single unit better, but this has a match that I think you could you could take advantage of the as the goals as it goes up the, the odds. What, what what happened here last week? Because if I was, <clears throat> was going to have a fourth pick last week, it was going to be Braga on the handicap. 
And it only put me off because they only tend to win matches by one goal. I was looking at like Braga win to nil and everything. Carabao, 4-2. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this. Like, I don't understand it at all. But um, well, Carabao, I'm guessing, will have, on your model, will a really strong home advantage, though, because of the distance. Yeah, they do, yeah. Um, I did watch highlights of the of the Braga Carabag first leg and, and Carabag, I just think the market's underestimating them really. Um they did look really, really dangerous. And I actually really like Dan's angle on this game. Um I don't think they should be underdogs at home here. Mm-hmm. I like the overs too, but yeah, I could I I don't think Braga are gonna keep them off the score sheet. Do you know who the stadium's named after, RJ? I do. I do not, Dan. Steve, well, <clears throat> it's no. the Tofik I mean... Baramov Stadium. Well, who's, he? who's he? Who's he? Who's this gentleman? He was the linesman in the 1966 World Cup final. <laughs> oh, yeah, right back in your day, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not way before my time, but obviously, you know, he was he gave a goal for England that really shouldn't have stood. Anyway, we, we'll move on. American uh, betters can... <laughs> so they uh, name a stadium after him because of that? Well, he was a referee. He was a famous referee. Um, okay. But from an English point of view, he's he's you know, sort of uh, lauded. If you're German, he's an infamous official because um, I'm sure those that have, have, um, have watched footage of the 1966 World Cup final, one of the one of the goals that England scored was allowed. And if it was in the VAR era, it just would not have allowed because the ball didn't cross the line. And uh, the assistant or the the referee, the linesman, as it was called at the time, uh, was Tofik Baramov, who, uh, yeah, famous and uh, has a stadium in after him. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, sporting versus Young Boys next. 3 p.m. Later kickoff um, for everyone. Uh, sporting a plus 3.15. Young Boys plus 7.50. Sporting winning the first leg 3-1. Uh, away from the cashed uh, for overs players. RJ highlighted this one. Uh, last week. It's a, a high goal line, Will, this time. It's it's a high Asian line as well. Sporting are at home, though, this uh, time around, and you believe that they're going to cover the handicap here? Yeah, there, obviously there's some correlation between uh, backing the favourite on the Asian line and, and overs, generally speaking, and, and I've opted to go with Lisbon here. Um, well, with Sporting here, sorry. I'll get told off for calling them Lisbon. Um, I've gone for them on the minus one and a half line at minus 107. It's not really, it's not really my style to back big favourites like this, but I do have some reasoning here, despite them being up three-one from the first leg. It's, it's, it's. There's no denying that Sporting are one of Europe's form teams. They've won twenty-five out of the last thirty. Uh, they were dominant three-one winners in the first leg here, and in Victor Gyokeres, they have one of Europe's in-form top strikers. I have them rated the best team in Portugal. And actually, the market validated this claim as they were smashed into one goal favourites in the first leg. They opened minus half a goal and got smashed all the way into minus one. And a half a goal move is definitely something to pay attention to. If we allocate 0.4 of a goal home field advantage both sides, that should take the fair line to minus 1.75-ish here. And we're looking at a minus 1.5 line. I think the market's discounting for Sporting already being up two goals from the first leg. And that does make some sense. Often when the bigger, better teams are up from first legs in the second leg, they'll look to rest and rotate, especially if they've got competitive uh, domestic league situations. However, Sporting did rotate a little in the first leg and it didn't really make much difference. 
Uh, the bench players they have coming in, such as Marcus Edwards, Paulinho, etc., do have more than enough quality and are all fighting for a regular starting 11 place. I actually think it could be young boys that are less motivated of the two in this one, given that they play their closest rivals in the Swiss League, my beloved Servette, on Sunday. Uh, there's a chance they could throw in the towel here, and <clears throat> that really could be dangerous against a Victor Giocares-led sporting team. Victor Giocares, interestingly, has only not started one out of 26 competitive fixtures this season. So it kind of often these big name players will get rested for less uh, kind of games that are less down the priority list. But he seems to be a guy that enjoys rhythm and um, he's likely to start here then. And I can see him feasting on a young boy's defence, which is conceded. 13 goals and six Champions League group stage games and three in the first leg here versus Sporting. I think uh, Sporting really are a Champions League quality outfit and uh, the minus 1.5 goal line, I can see them, uh, Asian line, sorry, I can see them blowing that away. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that the second place aren't they in Portugal, but they've got games in hand on Benfica. Ruben Amarim, I noted, uh, third favourite to... Um, get the Liverpool job, um, which mm-hmm. I didn't know anything from sort of six to one to fourteen to one, basically behind Xabi Alonso and um, and Roberto De Zerbi. So maybe a watching group for Liverpool fans as well when it comes to see how Sporting play. But they're a good side, as uh, as well as pointed out. Uh, one more pick to bring you. It's uh, Sparta Prague against Galatasaray. Here, Steve's got some thoughts for us. Sparta Prague plus one sixty three, Galatasaray plus one sixty, draw plus two fifty. Three two Gala win. Um, last week. RJ just failed with the corners. I think we needed one more, RJ, with 10 minutes to go. I was just seeing the tip. Yeah. It got I, to I, like I, nine. We needed one more. I can't believe it. I was following it. I was, uh, as you know, I was on vacation last week and I was I was on the beach. I was like, oh, there's about 12, 15 minutes left. We need yeah. one corner. I'm going to go take a dip in the ocean, come back, <laughs> expect to see a couple more. And then I look and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I can't believe it. I just could not believe it. It's not corners <clears throat> we're interested in. It is goals and plenty of entertainment, obviously, in a five-goal affair last week, Steve, and you're predicting more as well. I think there's a couple of uh, red cards as well, wasn't there, last week? I, I don't know how RJ didn't cash with the corners mm. even with the last kick of the game there was a deflection uh, attempted cross and it deflected just for a throw <laughs> and i was like well i couldn't believe it but looking back it was I, this was a game i should have got involved in last week i should have got been on the overs um because both sides just have a knack of getting involved in so many high scoring contests this season galatasaray really only play one way don't they um uh, in europe especially just that one under for them in the whole campaign and that was in uh, in copenhagen weird last group game where you know Copenhagen managed to hold on for the 1-0 but most of the time Galatasaray really offensive really attacking uh but you certainly would fancy getting at the def- defense wouldn't you and I actually believe Sparta Prague are underrated here they're a very very slight dog with Bet Rivers which I think is a bit unfair on them it's uh, they've got qualities and they'll they will I mean, they've already scored twice on them I think they'll fancy the chances of taking this to at least extra time but um, the, the bet I like is the goals over 2.75 goals at minus 109. And, you know, if Galatasaray especially scored the first goal, it really is game on here. And even if Sparta go ahead, I think you did, I mean, it depends on the time of the game. But Galatasaray aren't just going to settle back for 1 0 defeat an extra time, are they? they they're going to go looking themselves. There's enough offensive weapons uh, both ends of the field. And, um, you know, Sparta Prague are a sort of side 
you know, again, in the European campaign, just two unders for them. One of those was against Rangers at home where the goalkeeper had a great game for Rangers. I think there was bodies on the line, typical sort of Scottish brave performance away from home. And uh, they had one other under against Real Betis. And Betis are one of those annoying sides who just don't really convert their chances, are they? So, yeah, I think ultimately there's enough um, defensive doubts and offensive qualities. It should be, it could be 3-2 again. You know, it wouldn't shock me um, at all. It, crazy stuff could happen here. Another red somewhere, just high octane, high energy. Typical Europa Conference League clash that we love on this show. So I like the goals. <laughs> Uh, and just before we wrap up, and we'll get some best bets as well in a sec, uh, Steve, you just want to mention Marseille because mm. you're always across how Marseille are doing and uh, the news through earlier today that Gennaro Gattuso has been sacked there, of, of course, in European action against Shakhtar here, 2-2 draw in Hamburg uh, last week. They are favourites um, to win in the 19th in the return leg. What's your thoughts on, on Gattuso going and how Marseille might react to that in terms of a bet in this week's tie? Well, you may have noticed I do have a bit of a spring in my step today, and that's kind of one of the reasons because it just wasn't working for Gattuso at Marseille. I think it's the right. I actually thought they'd maybe hang on to the end of the season with him, but it's the right decision. Uh, it's turgid, turgid football. Sunday night was depressing. They basically just went there to kick breast and time waste and play for a nil-nil draw, even against ten men. So something had to change. But you know, this is a good question for you, Dan, and to the two boys. Now, would you back Marseille at minus one thirty-seven on the money line to beat Shakhtar Donetsk? And I think that's a really good question. I don't think there's a right or a yeah, wrong answer. I don't, so I don't think I would do not at, not at minus money. But there will be a better feeling. The game last night. There'll be a better better feeling around the club. There might be a completely new approach. I don't think there'll be a new manager in place yet. There's rumours that it might be John Louis Gasset, who famously lost his job halfway through the African Nations tournament with Ivory Coast, and then. Of course, they went on to win it. And uh, Christophe Galtier is in the mixer as well. That would be a rather interesting one, wouldn't it? Former PSG boss. Um, but he doesn't know how to win things. So, uh, but yeah, the, this is one of these matches where you've got probably the, the wise thing would be to sit and watch and see what happens and see how the players respond to, uh, you know, the manager departing. But I mean, that minus 137, Shakhtar Donetsk are not that good a side, are they? I mean, Are I, you saying I, minus I, 137 is a bit of a bet? It could be big. It, I mean, I do have a, a habit of, underestimating Shakhtar down the years. But really, Marseille, Marseille should be winning the second leg at mm. home to them. Come on. Anyone else? Mm. Marseille? I mean, who who's up for... Is Irv, Irv, you, know, you know who caught my eye, especially during the World Cup, was the uh, Herve Renard, the coach for Saudi Arabia? Well, I bet he, he caught your eye. He's very attractive, isn't he? <laughs> well, no. He's, uh, uh, he's uh, do you know he's in do you know Renard's in charge of, right? He's so uh, he's in charge of the French women's national team right now. Is that what it is? Yeah, I thought he was in there. I thought, yeah. Well, um, I mean, he caught my eye um because the Saudi Arabia team quite a know, random was, pivot. It's quite a random yeah, was, pivot there, RJ. Yeah, well, we were talking about coaches that were available. I, I would I love him at Marseille. He's a he's a great manager. He's one of the best yeah. looking managers out there. <laughs> it looks like he should be in a Bond movie or something like that, right? It looks like he could play the next Bond. <laughs> Anyways. Do you know, I didn't know he was uh, in charge of French women. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. I mean, he's been all over Africa, isn't he? That's his, that's his stick. He's had that. Just looking at his wiki page, he's had a couple of uh, club jobs. Socio and Lille. I don't think he's... Has he done anything with either of those two? 
apparently not, not according to the w- uh, wiki. Um, uh, Will, mm. just finally, minus 137. Uh, Mar- Marseille, it was a sharp intake of breath from you there. Not fancy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I really don't have a clue. I, I have a habit of overestimating Shakhtar. So my inclination would be the one minus 137, did you say? Yeah, it feels, yeah. feels a bit short, but then. But then Marseille do have quality in their squad. I think if Gattuso were in charge, I, I certainly wouldn't be touching that with a barge pole. In fact, I'd maybe be looking at um, Shakhtar plus three quarters on the Asian line. But given the potential uh, impetus from a change of manager or at least having Gattuso out the door, um, yeah, I think maybe they're justified favourites. Uh, best bets before we wrap up. RJ, what's your best bet across uh, your plays when it comes to the Europa League and the Conference League this Thursday? This is the easiest decision I've had to make in a few weeks. It's Karabag Braga over 2.75. Steve. Oh, I love a lot of picks on this show from everyone. Hmm. So, um, but I will go with the Benfica, Toulouse Benfica over 2.75. Will? I'm glad Steve went with that. It leaves me free reign to go with a Boda on the Drono bet minus 103. Hmm. Uh, wouldn't want to make it two shows running where Steve and I have the same best bets. But yeah, fancy Boda strongly. Yeah, I think that for me potentially is going to be the best bet. Should be a really good game as well. I think oh, I think all three have got a significant uh, chance of cashing. Let's hope so. Let's see, hope we can get a, a back-to-back profitable shows when it comes to the Europa League. That does uh, wrap it up for Betting Weekly Extra Time, Europa League and Conference League edition. Many thanks to Steve, Will and to RJ. You can stay up to date with all of our content, of course, from the Betting Weekly team on our YouTube channel. From all of us for now, though, it is goodbye. <laughs>